was that guy? He's on the camera, you can't miss it. I'll take a bow, son. I mean that, take a bow. Is a cocker, is it ball? <laughs> 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 is a cocker? I'd never heard that until we... You don't know uh, international cocker balls? International cocker balls. International cocker balls. Is a cocker, is it ball? And then you pull out... A piece of either cock or ball, and everyone has to guess. Which one do you choose? Well, you've got to look at it and see which it is, <laughs> yeah. clearly. I was getting at which of hers <laughs> did she select, but... Yeah, it, it was very good. It was very clever. It was a very kind of gender-neutral joke. 2018, stay woke. Stay Hashtag woke, woke. Bro. Hashtag, oh. Hashtag no genders. <laughs> well... <laughs> We usually start with a Sugar Babe song, but I don't know if they ever covered International Cocker Bowl in their back catalogue. Mm, Dave, do you probably. know about that? Uh, Nathan, you've met them. Was it one of their B-sides? <laughs> B for balls, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are delighted, ecstatic, overjoyed, happy. Really chuffed. Really chuffed to be joined by the enigmatic pocket rocket, <laughs> bundle of energy, joy, and genuine cocaine for the soul that is... Miss Sophia Griffiths. <laughs> thank you, thank you. International superstar of cock and balls. <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely her title or why she's on the podcast, although that would make for an interesting podcast. That would. That, what's your talent? I can identify immediately if it's a cock or a ball. I can pick out a nipple from under a shirt. Well, you can with mine. They're massive. <laughs> Old burger nips, Dave, as they call them. <laughs> oh, I'm so paranoid. They're oh, more like egg paranoid. cups, actually. You're beautiful as you are. Thanks, mate. That's all right. Not facially, but... <laughs> Sophia. Yes. In the soul. To our many, 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 many listeners, will you please give a little background as to who you are mm-hmm. and perhaps why you're here today, as in what you do? Okay. So I work for the Nuffield Council on Bioethics. We're a UK-based independent organization that evaluates the... I guess when a scientific or medical issue comes up or development. We look at the ethical issues usually for about two years and then come out with a report on what we think is the ethical way to proceed. So in terms of legislation. So you, I mean, it's not a stretch for me to say you were essentially the moral compass for the entire country. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Yep. (laughs) Now, Dave and I would be very, very famous for not having any ethics whatsoever. (laughs) Moral code or ethics of behavior. So you're here to put manners on us. We're woke, are we? Hashtag woke. Hashtag woke. I, having known you outside of the world of podcasting and bioethics, thought it would be a fascinating conversation to bring you in to talk about all things bioethics. Because yeah. I remember we had a chat about it several points deep. And I thought, <laughs> I thought this is gold. Let's grab this and recreate the magic of this in Fiction Studios. Tell you what, Brilliant. the quick fire round is going to be very different for this podcast. Oh, oh yeah. gosh, there's if a you quick could, fire round. Quick fire round. You ready? We'll start it off. Okay. If you could kill baby Hitler, would you? Yeah. Wow, you're killing babies. That's not ethical. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just want to say I'm here on a personal capacity, not on behalf of the Nuffield Council on Bioethics. All views should be directly attributed to the <laughs> yes. Nuffield Council Please on Please do not attribute this to the Nuffield Council on Bioethics. <laughs> I think the key with, uh, with being a good <laughs> Sorry, interviewer... With killing babies. The, or, key, the key with being a good interviewer is the follow-up question, all right? So yeah. you would kill baby Hitler. Yes. How would you do it? Oh, that's rough. Um, 
poison. <laughs> wow. The least, the least suffering. Okay. Poison was the one you chose for the well, sure Nova Chop. Like a, <laughs> <laughs> you, you take him to ZZ's in. Uh, I'm sure there's an easy way just to kind of, you know. Fade well, I mean, there's an ethical out. question. Is there any famous ethical questions you can throw at me and Dave to just start us to warm us up into the podcast? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Because, I mean, that's a very famous ethical one. Okay. This is a famous ethical one. Okay. I forgot what the actual term is called. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, I'm trying to think of like what like without messing it up. So if you um you were on a railway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh the pull the lever one. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's oh, the right, same yeah. as if you're don't, driving don't the car. Pull, yeah. Don't pull the lever one. I don't know. Come on, let me in the crew. Go. Okay. You probably know it better than I do. Well, there's the... I mean, I definitely don't. So if one of you could put me out of my misery. No, why don't, why don't we just pretend... Why don't we just okay. never tell him? <laughs> and we, I'll just answer the question like vaguely so he never gets it. No, go on. So okay. you, you, you're operating a, a train station. You're operating a train station. Okay. And you can pull a lever. Oh, I forgot what it... And that the train kills, diverts. Yeah, the, the train diverts. Mm-hmm. And it either kills like six people or... It potentially kills 60, isn't that it? Oh, I don't know. Is that the way it works? I forget it. I can't remember. Yeah. So the one <laughs> I know, the one which is also good is you are driving a car mm-hmm. and you have kid in the back, That's no seatbelt. So you're, a bus comes towards you and do you drive, veer off the road wildly knowing the child behind you will definitely die or do you um, crash into the bus and you may kill an unknown number of people, but the child will survive. Are you asking what, what do you I do? do? It's yeah. your child. It's I, baby Dave. I also it's got a really deep voice for a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Giant feet. <laughs> and big, a sh- big old shit place to rugby. And mate, come on. I came out of retirement <laughs> last week. <laughs> Emptied the tank for half an hour at six for Cornish twos. Yeah. They're still talking about it. I've still got the scars. Yeah, continue. I don't think you can make that decision because that is a fight or flight moment. Your your brain and your subconscious takes over at that point. You do Just this all the, the time, Stephen. It's yeah. one of the complaints we've had about the podcast. <laughs> Stephen not letting people talk because he does his snoring noise that he's very good at. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd crash it, mate. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah, save the baby. Pull the pin, save the baby. Although if the baby doesn't have a seatbelt on, it's going straight into a bus. <laughs> yeah, you catch it. <laughs> it's a soft bus. Like in the blind side. Yeah. Where he puts his hand across. Yeah, yeah, true story. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. It must be true if Sandy's involved. If Sandy's in it. Yeah. Who's the one with the wabbers in Aaron Brockovich? Julia Roberts. <laughs> and just like that. <laughs> I can't think about that, though, oh, because gosh. all I think about is, uh, is Michael Bolton. Who would you Bolton. prefer, Julia Roberts or Sandra Bullock? Julia Roberts, hand down. Okay, name your favourite Julia Roberts movie. Probably Aaron Brockovich. Name your best Julia Roberts moment. Ooh. When she comes in and she's like, gives him a lecture about not giving her the money that... Ah, oh, you're wrong. I'm sorry. What? It's my best friend's wedding, the singing scene. Uh, no, no, no. You're actually wrong. Julia Roberts' best moment in Hollywood is where Julia Roberts pretends to be Julia Roberts in Ocean's 13. That is the worst moment in Hollywood. <laughs> I can't comment. Okay, we're I'm back to ethics. That. No. Okay. <laughs> this happens in the podcast. We get easily diverted by okay. Julia Roberts' magnificent breasts. <laughs> I do- Honestly, maybe if you I say am, they're not magnificent. No, yeah, I, I, was no, say. I am. Yeah. I am so. so with me on this. I am mm-hmm. so woke that I don't even know. I didn't even know that Julia Roberts was associated with breasts. <laughs> Aaron Brockovich, 
There's two good reasons to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a true story. A dead yeah, heat in a Zeppelin race. <laughs> like the blind side. Without Sandy. Mm. Yeah, without Sandy. Okay. Name another good Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, mm, Miss Congeniality. That's a classic. Yeah, yeah, you want to marry me? You want to? Was she in the net? Name your perfect Was date. Was she in the net? Do you remember that movie? Am I that old? No, I don't I think I'm that old. I'm older than you. Yeah. Are you guys? How old are you guys? Oh, no, let's not goes. play that game. <laughs> All right, man. All right. I thought I thought it was on air, oh, then you okay. tell me. No, let's, okay. let's play that game. Go on. How old do you think he is? The years have not been kind to him. Let me say that. I right. think that's mean, especially because we're in a dimly lit studio. <laughs> 33. Oh, man. Bang on the money. There she was goes. It? Correct. Oh, check yeah. me out. Yeah. And anyway, continuing on. Uh, what was your perfect date? Is that what you said? Yeah, that was the f- the question from Mr. 21st Eugene. of June. Why? <laughs> it's nice and warm. It's not, yeah, I know the joke. Back to ethics. Okay. It's my sister's birthday. Is it? 21st, yeah, 21st of, June. of June. That's why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no, Sophia. <laughs> if it wasn't so witty, that'd be a point. <laughs> Sophia. Yes. So you essentially are the moral compass and guidance for the entire nation <laughs> as an independent group. Interestingly, like on a real note. For um, reals. For reals. For reals, dog. A lot of countries have a national ethics committee, okay. which, you know, the government will give them issues to research. And then uh, they come out with a report for the government that hands them recommendations. Does the UK have one? <laughs> no. So we so are like So that's why the, they're so easily <laughs> that's why they love colonizing. Because they've no like ethical governing board. Shall we go and rape this country and steal all their minerals and, and enslave their people for a couple hundred years? Ah yeah, do it. It's fine. <laughs> Sophia said it was okay. Yeah, no, she's not I would have said no. She would have said no. Mm-mm. No. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> Continue, I cut you off mid-flow. No, 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 that was it. And so obviously the UK doesn't have a national ethics body. And we're the, I guess de facto. Okay. Ethics so you're are you independent? Nothing yes, to we're independent UK government. We're, yep. We're so independent who pays from, you? We are funded by three organizations equally, which is the Welcome Trust, okay. the Medical Research Council, and the Nuffield Foundation. Okay. Yeah. But so Nuffield, I only associate that with Nuffield Health Centers who run gyms that are too expensive for me to join. <laughs> Nuffield actually was the creator of I forgot what kind of car it is. The Nuffield Foundation's gonna, I'm gonna get in trouble. We can cut that bit. <laughs> the Morris, the Morris. Oh, really? Oh, no so he had tons of money. He didn't have any children. So when he passed away, when him and his wife passed away, he just left it in the foundation. That's why there's so many different things set up with his name. Because it's private healthcare as well, Nuffield. Is there's, that correct? It has everything. Fingers it's not related to us parts. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, Nuffield Health, yeah, they're very expensive. They look cool though. Hmm. So they, you're independent. Well, you're essentially independently funded by three. You're an independent company funded by three sort of sources of income. So is that three different things? So that you are more ethical, rather than it being one person funding you with an agenda, or is it just how it worked out? Just how it worked out. We were created in 1991 by the Nuffield Foundation by the trustees as like an idea, okay. and then in 1994, Medical Research Council and Welcome jumped in and wanted to and is there any famous like uh you know plaques on the wall we decided that it was not right to bomb babies there anything you know what i mean is there any big ticks that you've achieved yeah actually quite a few like in public see they're so i guess not 
maybe popular. But like there's something called the intervention letter, which okay. a lot of people might know. Um, so it's it's determined whether like a public health policy, how far the state can go intervening. So like you have to kind of, when you're making a policy, if it's a huge intervention, you have to, I guess, how do you say? Show that it's worth it. Okay. And what do you mean by an intervention? Like, so if I say sugar tax, that's a perfect one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the sugar tax is a public health intervention. Yeah. Um, What's this going to achieve versus how much, I guess, how much are you taking away from the people? How many Civil decisions? liberty, basically. Yeah. And so you, they would have to come to you and prove that, look, everybody fat. <laughs> so <laughs> they wouldn't have to, we just make recommendations. Like, no one's obliged. You don't have a go- you're not a governing body. We're not a governing body, no. So is, it's UK-wide, yes? Yeah. Were you involved with the alcohol legislation in Scotland? That was one of our recommendations in our public health report that actually... That is one of the things that evidence shows. Oh, give it, give us the, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. So, for example, Scotland me. just introduced a higher tax on, like, per liter, I think, mm. on alcohol, like an alcohol consumption tax. Yeah. And that is actually one of the public health interventions that has been shown to reduce, like, drastic alcohol consumption. Just and making we, it more expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it targets a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the, it's, it's more not the not the people who got a glass of wine. It's people who get like a liter. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I should take that off. Don't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's okay. talk about you as an individual because it sounds like an incredibly interesting job. It's amazing. But nobody grows up wanting to do it. Simply because you don't know it exists. Yeah. So Let's start at the start, the okay. start of your journey to where you are now. Okay. So, as I, I mean, we were kind of chatting ahead of time, and we were talking about all the books that we're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And my mom is, she was a professor of literature, medieval literature. Nerd. Uh, yeah, total nerd. So I was like, I'm going to totally rebel against my mom and become like a different nerd. So uh, science yeah. nerd. <laughs> Such a rebellion. Yeah, I yeah. know. You're not going to get any tattoos. You're not going to develop a drug <laughs> oh, habit. this one. It's a space tattoo, though. You have a space tattoo. It's a science tattoo. What is it? It's the solar system. It's the planets. Solar system. system. Oh, no way. Do you have people being like, oh, I wish I could see Uranus? (laughs) (laughs) Just you. Just now. Just me. (laughs) That can't be the the first time you've heard that. Not in that context, actually. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I hope no one from work listens to this. I I told them about it. Now I'm... (laughs) <laughs> Looking at your tattoo, being like, "Oh, if I explore further, yeah, you know where it is." What this I will is say is, um, uh, she's got a lovely black hole. Steve, <laughs> Steve's mum and my mum listen to this, okay, so <laughs> so we're good. You're safe. Yeah, you're yeah. safe. Um, you rebelled to be a science yeah, nerd. Yeah, so I studied biology, and oh, while, Dave, it's not me. Yes, it clearly is. Not put it away. It's not me. Definitely, it's not me. That's, I don't have my phone on me. It's you, Dave. Classic Dave. He's ruined it again. The ethics of that is just shocking. <laughs> yeah, I'd give that a low. Let's low go back low. to you. We can keep that in. No one cares. <laughs> it happens. It's life. I'm just asking. It's one of the moral decisions we have every day. Um, yeah, like I, I was studying biology. Yeah. And I took an ethics class. <laughs> is this at university level? Is at this university at, yeah. level. Where did you study? What university? Roanoke College. Where's that? In Southwest Virginia. 
really tiny. There's like two thousand. Yeah. Take me home. Mm-hmm. Country road. Yes. So let's go back further because you obviously sound different to me, and you yes. sound different to Dave, and you mm-hmm. sound different to English people. But you often claim you're from London. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> that was a deliberate, like, there's a deliberate carrot there. My yeah. dad's from London. Yeah. My okay. grandparents are from London. My great grandparents are from London. Uh-huh. But you're um, where are you from? So I was born in the great state of Maryland. Okay. Mm. In the wonderful city of cookies. Baltimore. Yeah. Maryland not the cookies. cookies. The Wire? No. Yeah. The movie. It's not the movie, the series, TV yeah. series. No. Uh, anyway, Hairspray? continue. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there. Good morning, Baltimore. Yeah. Every day is like an open door. Yeah. Every so, sound is a symphony. <laughs> yeah. My mom's American and my dad's British. Okay. So I'm almost at, I think I'm at the point now I've spent more time here. Okay. Like I moved here when I was 13. I and moved what, to Oxford. What do you identify as? British. Okay. Okay. If I had to pick, if it was like you have to burn one passport. Oh no! I shouldn't say that. Yeah, oh see gosh! That soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see how Brexit yeah, plays out yeah, before yeah. you burn your Yeah, passport. of course. I'm, I'd leave it six months before yeah. you yeah, make before that you burn decision. Passport. Yeah, and see if Trump's in for another. I'd say term. your mum as well would love you. That would be a good rebellion against your mom just burning literature. <laughs> just a real sort of. A Nazi she wouldn't bark. even mind. She'd yeah. be like, "I'm coming to live with you." Okay, yeah. it's a good impression of your mom actually. Yeah. <laughs> she sounds like Fran Dresser from the Nanny. <laughs> All right. So you identify as a British. British. Yes. So you moved here when you were 13. Yeah. Whole big culture change. It you've was kept actually. Yeah. Like I moved back to the States like when I was 16. 16. Yeah. And my accent then had changed quite a bit to like British because as a kid, you know, your accents. You pick it up. Mm-hmm. It's a bit more malleable. Yeah. But then since when I went to university and when I finished off high school in the US, it kind of. All went it was back. locked in. I went back to American. Yeah. So you studied in states, studied university in yes, states? Yes, and then I did my master's in science communication at Leeds. Leeds. Science communication so you could talk to aliens. So I could talk to aliens. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why. Yeah. yeah. What's science communication? <laughs> it, it's hard to define, really, but it's, it's kind of we... <laughs> it's good you have a master's in it. <laughs> <laughs> what I studied was kind of how the term science, I guess, was developed in terms of the public. So like when science science kind of came out of the labs and kind of, in the in Britain at least, a lot of it was through like fairs and big huge demonstrations like electricity and all these kind of chemical reactions. And that's kind of when science came in the public realm. Okay. And so it's kind of that development when it, I think it's still struggling to become something that's scientists do versus something that everyone enjoys yeah i think when you when the layman i'm using myself here because i don't have a scientific brain at all when somebody says science straight away i think of experiments and test tubes and bunsen burners and and it's interesting though because like i'm not an artist but i appreciate art and Mm -hmm. i like art and i really enjoy it i'm not a musician but i love music i love listening to music so it's kind of interesting that that parallel doesn't exist with science a lot of times it's still kind of in the upper shelf of like, ooh, we don't touch it. Mm. Or like, oh, that's for lab you know. coats, nerds. Yeah. yeah, that's for yeah, it's for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 interesting that people don't, I guess. Um, so how much of science is modern day science is wrapped up in sort of an advertising package? What do you mean? So for example, science is now used in terms of as Dave said, 
we're going to sell you this thing because science says it's good. Yeah, and and for true. the layman, science is, oh, well, if science says it's good, it must be good. Oh, gosh, that happens more often. Well, yeah, that happens. Is that anything to do with science communication? Kind of. I mean, a lot of people do use science communication as marketing techniques. Because that's but, how we're fed science <clears throat> in the modern day world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My science communication was how do you break apart like what's the best way of communicating things like how do you break apart complex ideas into things that everyone understands okay so and you don't want to say like translating yeah it's dissemination of information and what are the best routes to disseminate the scientific method so like the Garnier or L'Oreal ads where Jennifer Aniston goes and here comes the <laughs> science bit no. more like like in podcasts like I don't know. How do we get across something that's extremely complex to yeah, form like, her two like, idiots from Wales and Ireland will <laughs> understand? Two thick-skulled Celts know what's going on. Legends, though. Do you know what I mean? We're more physical kind of just beasts. <laughs> I understand the science of making love. Is that a science? It's it not is, really. It is now. Yeah, insert <laughs> test tube A. <laughs> oh, God, it's already become one of those podcasts. <laughs> so continue the story, the journey of Sophia Griffiths. You've just finished your master's I've just in finished science my master's communication. In Leeds. In Leeds. And I, <laughs> I got an internship at the Institute of Food Science and Technology. Okay. Where I worked there for about five years. Doing what? Communication. So, again, same thing, dissemination same kind of thing, information dissemination of information, yeah. That's um, quite cool. It mm. is really so cool. You, you're essentially the equivalent of the United Nations translator, but for science. <laughs> I love all these analogies. I'm just going to go with them. You know, <laughs> yeah. the moral code of the UK. The, yeah. <laughs> the uh, translator of science. Translator of science, yeah. So, so what did your act, what did your, what did you, because it sounds like quite an airy-fairy terminology, what did your day-to-day involve? Right now? No, when you were food tech, no, food science, tech. general translator, admin. I edited two. a magazine called Food Science and Technology. Yeah, Dave's so a, a subscriber. <laughs> was, um, you know, commissioning articles, a lot of it putting together news items for, like, websites. We're membership, well, we, I say, IFST is a membership-based organization. So a lot of it's communicating with the members, finding out what they want, what kind of, I guess in relation to food science and technology. Who would be the members of such a publication? Food scientists. Okay. So it's really cool. I mean, it's not just, it's people working on like sensory attributes. So finding out, I guess, what we like to eat, not just in terms of like, like finding out like different ratios of like what a crisp sounds like and like the best sound to like like market. The opening of a Coke can. Yeah, like things like that. The first crunch of a spring pink lady apple. <laughs> there's things like that, which is quite interesting. And then there's like reformulation, like product creation, lots of cool stuff. Okay, so five years of doing that. Yeah. Selling apples. Selling That's apples. all I got from that. <laughs> um, and then you moved from internship in there to full job to... Yeah, then I, I went through a couple of positions there. Yeah. Doing like an intern for a few bits. And then I did communications... Digital content editor. It's kind of okay. lovely. And what's the next step? The next step, I went to the British Pharmacological Society. Okay, so selling drugs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, stole, you sold apples to start with. You were hustling, and uh-huh. now you've moved on to drugs. Now I've moved on to it, yeah. And then you had a moral 
qualm, which is why you're now in <laughs> yeah. ethics. I figured it all out. The hunter becomes the yeah. hunter like, the other way around. Is it right that I'm selling drugs to kids? I better think of all the ethical issues. I'll go into ethics. Hunter becomes the gamekeeper. That's what I was getting at. Qui there, custodius it? custodiat. Who yes. watches the watchman? That's Latin. <laughs> Pharmaceuticals. So what we yeah. do for them? Same? Same kind of thing, communications. It ended up being a bit more sales and marketing. So I was only there for a short while. And then I kind of took a break, reevaluated my life. Okay. And then I found like the perfect, amazing job. And that was at the Nuffield Council on Bioethics. So, and I will never leave. Give <laughs> uh, <laughs> <pay> me more. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Yeah. So let's let's um, <laughs> let's go through the point then, where you went from drug dealer to finding finding yourself. Did you go through a who is Sophia Griffiths? Year? Kind of, yeah. What took what did you do then? That's oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I did. So I just kind of like faffed around for a few months. Watch Netflix. Not too much. Yeah. Like yeah. Do you not, travel? No, I just kind of. I read a lot, okay, and I just like sat around, and I was like, okay, what do I actually want to do? You know, like so, what's going to make me happy? What like I I was I say I was still quite young, hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like I'm still early in my career. Like, what parts of my experience have I enjoyed, and what parts have I really not enjoyed? And then just looked for something from there. And how do you? Because that's quite a brave thing to do, I would imagine, and it's a, a thing a lot of people maybe don't do, which is go whoa stop collaborate and listen <laughs> i'm i'm in a job i've got i've done the traditional route to to put the brakes on it and go okay what do i want to do was that something difficult to do or you just felt natural or yeah i mean i was stressed out and it just wasn't it was i would really really it was tough it was really really tough cuz you you're young you want to have that job still yeah. Like a job, you know, but I think they kind of wanted me to go as well. So, <laughs> <Whoa. Yeah. laughs> so let's let's get into the specifics of this job then, because yeah. that, they are it is a very specific, quite niche yeah. thing. Were you there reading your books, trying to figure out where you wanted to go and be like, right, ethics? I just, no, I saw this come up. I don't know where, but I was like, oh my God, this is written for me. Like, how do I like say how much I want this job? And actually I, I applied for a maternity cover for my now manager. And so it was for the, the manager position of my job. And I got an interview and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And went to the interview and I didn't get the job. And then I was like, oh, it's gutted. And then a few months later, like the officer role came up and for another maternity cover. And so I actually went in and I, I got this job. Say what you like about the women in ethics, but they put out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> we had three maternity covers at one They've point. no moral qualms about getting it on. <laughs> Guys, don't listen to this. <laughs> hey, the world must be that bad if the people in the ethics office are still keen to bring yeah, kids into it. Is if a you know what I mean? Wonderful observation. It's a good point. Yeah. But continue. Mm. Yeah. So then now I'm working. Uh, yeah. So I was working under the person that I lost the job to, who was awesome. Okay. But yeah, it, was, it just worked. It like it worked out so well for being in like such a bad place coming from it. Okay. You know? So you're now in the dream job. How long have you been eth ethicizing? Uh, just over a year now. Just over a year now. Yeah. So, so it's permanent. It's not a maternity cover anymore. Okay. So yeah. you're loving it? Loving it. Okay. What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? 
It varies a lot. So I guess the, the, we have like two in-depth inquiries going on at any one time. And these are like two-year research projects. And our last one was genome editing and human reproduction. Super babies. <laughs> I was I translated that. I just science communicated it. <laughs> I was listening to a really interesting thing on the radio about this. It's probably the us. Um, where they were, where they were talking about people who were going abroad, particularly um, couples that were using IVF for to determine the sex of the to child, determine the gender. We have, yes, this is a different thing, but we do have a report on that as well. Yeah, and <laughs> and it it got me thinking because Uh-oh. well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but because there's, there's the whole there's the whole abortion debate that generally people fall down on on one side of the fence on. There aren't many people who shrug their shoulders. <laughs> I don't on think that. that's a legal method of abortion anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but but um, then up on that fence there, love. Yeah, just just continue. Um, <laughs> wow, you just made the noise of a baby exploding oh, on your podcast. No. That just this lost us a lot look, of listeners. Mate. Well, it hasn't lost us a lot. Who's it going to lose? Your mum or my mum? <laughs> Neither. Yeah. They'll both support us to the ends of the earth. Exactly. So, yeah. so say what you want. Not Can, the C word, though. Go on. Yeah, I won't. Uh, and Chocolate. <laughs> Coconuts. <laughs> Karl Marx. Was that a K? What is that? Karl Marx. Oh, yeah, oh, that's I thought a K. Said, that's I thought a K. you said Carol, like it was his auntie or something like that. I thought Carol you said something like a caramel. Like. Okay, let's go. Okay. Words beginning with C. A quick fire. Colin. Cress. Chicken. Chatsworth. Catastrophe. Conundrum. Cool. Condom. <laughs> this is going spirally down. Um, Chit chat. Cock. No. The only thing I could say next was rude. Oh, I know. I, I was trying really hard. <laughs> there we go. Continue. So. Continue. Got He's you back thinking. in the game. I should have said continue. Uh, it got you thinking. So yes, uh, so Ooh, the whole okay. abortion thing. Uh, just smack that mic there. Don't Sophia worry about that. Sophia. Punches the studio down. Yeah, it's okay. They're just Sorry. expensive microphones. You're allowed to batter them. <laughs> and then um, the, the the conversation was with regards to with regards to uh, abortion. Mm-hmm. What choice do you make? And then in this country, if you have successful IVF, you can't find out. Do you just, want to just, 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 just make a bit more noise, <laughs> Sophia? <laughs> Jeez, they call me the baby Christ. elephant or the cannonball. <laughs> they call me the baby elephant or cannonball. That's Can- the podcast title. Cannonball. MDBL speaks to the baby elephant. I mean, cannonball was another word beginning with C. Oh. Baby elephant in the room. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, guys. The baby elephant in the room. That's yeah. the podcast. There we go. There we go. That's kind of yeah. like talk. Um, and people going over to Europe and then having the successful IVF and choosing the gender of their baby are we all this agreed is... you'd have a boy <laughs> dave no not necessarily you all have right, a discussion nice. woke. this is a really interesting one because the official nuffield count like when we did our report on nipt which is non-invasive prenatal testing we said that it is fine to use nipt to determine serious conditions so it's being enrolled in the nhs later this year for trisonomies so edwards downs and patel syndrome but we said they shouldn't be used to determine fetal sex because, okay, in the long run, it doesn't do well for gender equality. Well, you get a China system, wouldn't you? Mm. But this is an interesting thing because also 
I mean, there's lots of sides. This is kind of one of the different sides of the debates on the non well, just generally. A lot of women say, well, it's my pregnancy. It should be right, my right to find out all the information I want. Like, why shouldn't I? And even that, like, why shouldn't I be able to select the sex of my child? Or not select, but abort on the basis of... That was that was the next point. Abort. Yeah. And also going back to you, Steve, saying, uh, I think we'd all agree I that... I haven't aborted any child this <laughs> month. Don't come back <laughs> no, to me on that No, one. you saying, oh, can we all agree that we'd have a boy? I, I wish I'd brought the numbers with me, uh, knowing that we'd have this conversation, because more people selected... Uh, female than a male, which I thought was interesting. Brilliant. Which, which would you have, Sophia? A woman. Dave? A girl. You can't just give birth to a woman. Just pop out age thirty six. Dave. Don't know, mate. Dave. Don't know. I'm not ready to. Obviously, I wouldn't mind. It's quick fire question. I'm not ready to have that conversation. You have to answer. I'm not ready to have that conversation. I don't know. A healthy one. One. Oh, that's a good one. A healthy one. Three, two, one. Healthy. Get off the fence that you pushed her over. That I've, that I've exploded it over. No, honestly, mate, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to have children so in the future, but you can say the sentence, ones, I've exploded please. her over a fence, but you can't choose between a boy or a girl. Nathan, exactly, boy because, or girl. because... Go on, Nath. I, 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 I'm finding this really hard as well. I wouldn't be able to... <laughs> All right. I can say things... All right, virgin. I can relax. say things like... <laughs> he was it, in the boys, okay? <laughs> he was in the boys with a Z. <laughs> You know he all about that. You know he's not a virgin. Yeah. (laughs) You know that couch you're sitting on right now. Anyway. Um, But no, I can say things about exploding on the fence because that is totally out there. Hilarious banter. But when you ask me what flavor baby I want, then it's a very real decision to call out there. flavor baby? Yeah. Pink or blue? (laughs) That's associating color with a gender, you know. Yes. It's 2018, man. How did you know which was which? It's 2018. Your association <laughs> with agenda. Nothing to do with me. Anyway. Um, yes. But yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole. So back to Sophia. Yes. Who was talking about. So what was the Nuffield finding on? It was it's okay to determine certain information. Like serious conditions. But, so. But the argument by women were making was this my body and I wants to know what's growing inside me. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, on the switch side, you could say, well, why don't you just wait two more weeks or however many more weeks it is to find it out on the scan? Okay. Mm. Yeah, so it's 11-week scan. I think you can determine sex, and it's like nine weeks for NIPT. But some people are really keen, and they want to find out again so as soon as possible. So it's it's a tricky one. It's no... And is there any other... So is that what you're currently looking at at the minute? You were saying we there's finished, two findings we there. We published so that... Two. Um, in 2017, but yeah. it keeps on coming back because the it's Technology being rolled advances. out. It's being rolled out on the NHS this year. Okay, so it it rolled out in Wales in March or April. Um, always the trendsetters. Always the trendsetters. Yeah, yeah go on the Welsh. And then um, it's being rolled out later this year with, in with England. With what view? With what view in mind? So, if a woman is found to be at high risk to have a child that may have or potentially have Down syndrome, Patel syndrome, or Edwards syndrome. Yeah. Um, they can get a non-invasive prenatal test. It's just a blood test to determine if their child carries, if the fetus carries any of those. Okay. It, do you have to use important terminology there by saying fetus and not child? Yeah. Is that a hot button topic? Well, it is a fetus. It's not a 
you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just asking you if, it's a, if those are the term, official terminology that you have to use in that regard. Well, I think they're the preferable technology. Or terminology. Te- terminology. <laughs> terminology. Yeah. So is it yeah. with a view to someone saying, okay, you have an extremely high risk fetus and, you know, there's a 95% chance that this baby is going to have one of those serious conditions. Well, is it with a view to the, then aborting the child? It's all got real serious all of a sudden. Well, that it should be presented. First of all, you don't have to have the prenatal screening. Okay. If the doctor says you have your scan... And the doctor says, "Listen, um, in a lot of cases, it's older women. It's a, you know, it increases, or and they say you have the option of having a prenatal screening. You you don't have to do it. Um, if you choose to have prenatal screening, it's not about whether you want an abortion. It's just about being informed and and having access to that information, not being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry." Your child has blah blah blah. It's okay. saying this is the syndrome. Um, you know, these are your chances. Yes, it does, and not making it an emotional decision, making it an informed choice. So, is there a huge chain of education required in that? Then, in terms of getting it disseminated, the, the manner in which to convey this information down to the doctors at grassroots for one absolutely of a better word. absolutely and that was like a huge thing in our report it's how you convey that information it's what information that you give them um you know a, a woman or couple yeah. you know to to make an informed choice you don't want to say oh i'm really sorry yeah then you just have to present it like this is how it is you know and make sure that a women women or couples have all the information they need in like a safe non-pressured environment to make any any further decisions. That must be quite difficult because you've made a real point to this saying that it's not an emotional thing, it's factual. Of course, yeah. But of course the of people course it is, yeah. that you're delivering that news to, of course it's emotional. Not yeah. me, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, that's. It, I guess it's just, it is going to be emotional, but it's just about providing enough information that they can make informed choices about their pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from that, yeah. let's move on to designer babies. Designer babies. I really wanted to talk about this. I know you did. <laughs> yeah, designer babies. So I would like my son to be six, seven, but to be able to run the hundred in about 10 flat. <laughs> I want him maybe 120 kilos, but like less than 3% body fat. Can okay. You, can you make it happen? Not at the moment. No one can. No one. So can. we don't even. We barely know what all our genes do. <laughs> okay. So let alone the How genes associated them. with height or fast twitch muscle fiber, fast twitch muscle fiber, body fat. Giant you know? dong. So we're. S- <laughs> you know, some some folks <laughs> have those genes. You know what I mean? Some <laughs> folks have those genes. Just saying, some fellas do have them. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Mm. We so move from delivering mm. <laughs> information to giant dong babies yep. very quick. Mm. I want them to come out like a tripod. <laughs> Just that glorious uh, six pack. Six pack on my baby. <laughs> no body fat. It's actually Already what you pull squatting. them out by to help <laughs> with the delivery. Just <laughs> needs three oh nurses gosh. to grab it. Just hanging out. <laughs> goodness, oh, goodness me. me. Um, so, so we're, we're not, not there yet. We're not there yet. No, is what you're saying. we're not there yet. Right. But our report said if we do get there, we need to start thinking about... That question now. That question now. Mm. And yeah. is it something that you have thought about, as in... 
Well, professionally, we, have you been paid to think about that yet, or are we asking you to think about it right now on the podcast? <laughs> Be interesting to get we, your thoughts. We actually published our report this summer. Okay. And it was it was pretty. I mean, you probably read about it without even knowing that you read about it. Um, it was internationally well recognized. Okay. And nationally, hmm. give um, us more info. Gosh, I, w- I had like 500 emails at like 12. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we spent 20 months looking at genome editing and human reproduction. Okay. And, or the NUFI, I should say the council did this because I'm not speaking on behalf of you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, so the council spent, we get a working party together, different experts, so people with history, I mean with um, specialties in law, ethics, philosophy, uh, disability studies, to look at the question of the ethics of... Genome inter- editing. Yeah, in- intervening in the, in the human genome. How would that affect the um, traditional methods of reproduction? So it would be, if it were to happen, it would be kind of like during IVF. Okay. So you have your future child, and it's usually, probably, if it does happen might be with the CRISPR-Cas9 system where you choose a gene and you edit at the kind of early stage either before it's an embryo or during So, So what can we do now? What stage are we at? Do you, or is that something you know? Science communicators. We're not even, like we're not, we're using CRISPR-Cas9 to, I guess a lot of researchers are using it in other organisms, but we're not close I can't say, like, for sure. Like, it, I would say it's on the horizon. Okay. But you don't know. That could be, like, a month, and it could be, like, 10 years. You never know with science. Like It could be an instant breakthrough. Or and the, eureka. And the, the, ethical, the ethical questions really come. So if you get to the point where you can edit the genes where you don't have sort of Down syndrome and all of the things that you spoke about before, where do you put a stop on it? It's like, right, we're going to er- eradicate all these potential diseases but you can't choose the height, the hair color, the eye color, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Where do you put that little bumper in to say you can't do that? Well, it wouldn't necessarily be Down syndrome or anything. Those are those are be like different ones because they're with chromosome okay. stuff. But it would be like, the that's a perfect example of single gene disorders. So we know some genetic diseases or disorders, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. happen when a single point mutation. So on the line of our DNA, it's A, A, C, C, all these nucleotides. And if one single one changes, then it leads to often serious diseases. And that, I mean, if you think about applic- applications of genome editing, that would probably be the first place to start. You know where it is, you can target it, one change. You whip it out, you put another A in instead. Yeah. And you hopefully have resolved the issue. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. But it comes down to like, yeah, I mean, there's so many complications with it. But yeah, theoretically... We've, really, we've like massively <laughs> simplified no, science. theoretically, yeah, know, like that's the, you know... Yeah. That would, I guess that would be like the starting point. That's what a lot of people are looking at as the first um, application in humans. Yeah, and, and where do you draw the line? Like where does it become okay for single to, you know, correct a potentially a horrible disease yeah. or to make your son 
Super baby. Super I want baby. him to have gills. I want to go treasure <laughs> hunting with him underwater. I just send him underwater. <laughs> but that's for that's for society to decide, really. As long as it, you know, doesn't we came up with two principles. The council came up with two principles that it shouldn't lead to discrimination um, and that it should be in line with the f- welfare of the future person. Right. Dis- discrimination. How do you, how can you... Such a mind... How can I know, anybody, I know. It, it really is. It really it's, is. So how that's do you, why I wanted you, that's why I wanted you to come on here and talk about it because <laughs> I remember <laughs> listening to it and I'm like you, Dave, my head was just exploding with the multitude of questions. And Thankfully, I've got these headphones on because <laughs> yeah. it's keeping my brain in my ears. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you, how can you possibly make a decision on the future welfare of that person? I know. That's yeah. A, and she said she'd kill baby Hitler. She so. did say she'd kill baby. She'd poison baby she Hitler. Poisoned baby Hitler. Most, I said the nicest way. Which, which you came to was poison. I it's reckon, gotta be right. I reckon suffocation for a baby. No, that's it, like it, over in thirty seconds. You can't poison someone instantly, really, can you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm sure you can. What if they go into like a sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. Well, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. While this, while this got dark. <laughs> So that Gentle is. Sleep. Yeah. So what's your next project then? If that's or is that an ongoing thing? Looking well, at super babies. Next, we're looking at we ha- we have like a program of genome editing work. So we first in 2016 we released like a review of potential applications of genome editing, and we identified two areas that we'd focus on for larger projects. So one of them is genome editing human reproduction. That's been done. That's been published. We're still obviously doing ongoing work with it. It's it's not going to go away. And it's a good read. There's a short guide too. I was so going to say, when read. you say it's something published, is that something that you have to be a super science nerd to Absolutely go and read? Or not. is there a general Joe public version with cartoons and, and pictures? <laughs> there's diagrams. Diagrams. Yeah, loves <laughs> In the, pie charts. There's <laughs> a, a main report, which yeah. is about, I think it's like, 200 pages long, yeah. which is still accessible. Like I would say if anybody's really interested in this area, go have a read. It's it's not too dense. You should be able to get through it all right. Mm. Um, but there is a short guide as well, and that's only about 12 pages. Okay. And that kind of breaks it down. And it has pictures. It does have pictures. Sweet. I picked them out too. Nice. <laughs> Do you find, because obviously you and uh, the rest of the team uh, who obviously are not speaking on behalf of today. <laughs> but you ultimately reach a decision. Have you ever found yourself in a position where the decision you have tirelessly and painstakingly reached has been at odds with what the public by and large feel about a, a certain situation? I think it varies at every report, really. Um, so each report has like a... We get a together a different group of experts for each report so it'll they're drawing from whatever expertise we need for that certain topic but like this one I mean we got how could you say it's okay to we said it's not morally impermissible to edit a genome what's that (laughs) mean (laughs) yeah what's that mean because if someone said it's not morally impermissible I'd be like what Uh (laughs) so can I do it or not can I eat my boogers or not (laughs) we said in principle it's okay if it meets like a certain set of criteria okay and like principles and Hmm. social justice and welfare like where do you draw the line on animals you can eat and the lines like between the horse and the dog (laughs) or whatever (laughs) that's about right Uh -uh. 
Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Have you ever, I'm going to oh, yeah. layer onto Dave's okay. question. Yeah. Have you ever also had disagreements within the team? And how does that work out? So, for example, you get to the end and the overall findings from the experts and everyone mm. is something you strongly disagree with. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, the working party is there for like two years. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there will likely be disagreements within any party of experts um, coming from different areas, but they all publish the report together. So and the so end product, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the end product is something that they've worked on and they've all agreed on together. You mentioned in your group of experts, uh, there's some philosophy-based practitioners. Yes, a lot. Does religion ever come into it? Yes, yeah. And a lot of our consultations, um, so we, with every report, we ask for views of the public, views of experts. And many of the times we get religious organizations involved in there. We have like, you know, we, we do have um, on the council itself, a lot of the time is religious experts and theologians. And Are you religious? No, not practicing. When did you walk away from the big man in the sky? I wouldn't say walked away, just kind of <laughs> tucked it under the bit. No, yeah. I don't know. Um, just kind of felt, I was raised Catholic. Okay. So, so well, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Catholic guilt. We all were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Solid Catholic guilt. Yeah. yeah. I Catholic walked away guilt. early though. I yeah. Said, How early? I said not for me. About 12, I reckon. 15, I was. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. What I will say about the Catholics though, they've got the best tunes. It's banging tunes. <laughs> no, no other religion has got tunes like the Catholics have got. I, the Lord of sea and sky. <laughs> I have heard my people cry. What right, a that's tune. enough for them. It's a that banger a there, right? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. What yeah. a tune. Didn't think I knew Look that. Look how did indoctrinated you? we are. Yeah. I haven't sung that since I was eight years old. And it's Never still in there. Yeah. Here I am, Lord. I can, do you know what, Nathan? This is going on the Christmas is it compilation. I, this is Lord. It's a tune. Yeah. Mm. So they do have some banging tunes. They do. Although Book of Mormon, good songs in that. So if yeah, that's anything that's like true. the Mormon religion. I've not seen Book of Mormon Have yet. you seen Book of Mormon? I have. It's very much it's your so sense funny. of humor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really lowbrow stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will put it on my list. <laughs> ah, yeah. It's good. All right. They sponsor the podcast, actually. Big shout Today. out. Yeah, Book of Mormon. And I still haven't got the tickets. Yeah, we get 10 Today. free tickets every week. To be honest, I'd rather the no. cash. Oh. No. They absolutely <laughs> don't. They I'm don't. so gullible. That's okay. <laughs> My parents always used to say, say stay pretty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Harsh. Oh. <laughs> and when did you give up on being pretty? <laughs> Ages ago. International Before Catholicism. Isn't it amazing that somebody has told you in your life to always stay pretty, but you are the only person in the room with a real job? <laughs> like true, true story the two of us are spoofers <laughs> sorry Nath but Nathan just told us he used to be in a band called Boys, Boys one, with the Z two Zs and one of the guys only role in the band was to oil his abs and that is oil his own abs not, his, Nathan's, not abs. Nathan's abs and then his second band that he was in they had a gimp what What was it called what was that one called oh, gimps with a Z <laughs> what was it called <laughs> what was it called the modern. The modern. Because mm. gimps are very modern. Yeah. Mm. Wowzers. So, where, where do you stand on that ethically? Yeah. <laughs> gimps. Using, using a gimp as a marketing tool for your success. Mm, no, 
comment. And that question, <laughs> that question ties in very nicely with what I was about to ask, Dave, which is why we are the best podcasting pair in the business. Yeah, skin. <laughs> Do you take your ethical brain home with you? Oof. Oh, that's a question, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so, definitely. It, it makes me, like, I've always kind of thought a lot about, maybe more, like, about basic, I guess, thought about simple things too much, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Do you think you're judgy? Like <laughs> no, 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 no. Like... I don't know. If something happens, I'll just think about all sides of it and how someone reached that. Say someone's like a dick to you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that person's such a dick. I'm like, oh, maybe they had a bad day. I wonder if like, they're always like that or if that's just like a dick. You know, like things like that. And then you think on and on and on. And then you think, oh, you know what? If it's just part of who they are, do you accept it or do you, you know? So do you think it makes you quite a positive person then? If someone's a dick to you, you always try and see the good in that person or the good in that situation? I'd say I'm pretty optimistic, but I wouldn't say that's the reason why. Okay. Yeah. but so That seems like a lot of energy spent thinking. <laughs> a lot of brain power used up. I have I don't a lot have of that, energy. I don't have that kind <laughs> so of... So much energy. I don't have that kind of brain power. <laughs> mm. I had a really energy. good question there. But, oh, when's the last time you stole something? Oh gosh, I I can't remember. I swear to God, if you say running through a, a field of wheat, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm way cooler than that. I promise. When's the last time you stole something? Uh, I stole a cherry tomato from my housemate. Sorry, Agatha. Oh my God, that's a point. <laughs> that's a point. That's her first point to the thing. Isn't it? What's the point? Uh, points are bad. You oh. don't want points. Points are bad. You get points for like. Humble, unnecessary <laughs> brags. You get points for stupid answers. Just stupid answers. Yeah, yeah you, you get points for like a stole cherry, a cherry tomato. Yeah. Cherry tomato. Sorry, I mean, it, from a housemate as yeah. well. <sighs> Listen, if it's in my fridge, it's mine. <laughs> what's mine is mine, and what's yours what's is mine. Yours is I mine. love that saying. When also. is the last time you felt severe guilt? Oh gosh, that's a really serious one. Yep. Um, but I, I want to see where your ethical brain, when it shuts off and when, how it affects you. I'm probably on a personal my last level. breakup. <gasps> Did oh, you dump him? Fault. Did was, you dump him? It, it kind of was like a mutual thing that we. It's got never. To. It's a never mutual. mutual. Who it was a more mutual on whose side? You felt guilty, so it was you. Yeah. Why'd you dump him? No, I don't like. <laughs> don't <laughs> smash the sorry, microphone. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> just punch the microphone, Nathan. I'm sorry, so sorry. Nathan. I'm so sorry. No, no, You're I was pointing at Nathan because he is gone. He loved that. Then <laughs> he was rocking on his little captain's chair over there. Um, yeah, go on. No, it's 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 just breakups are hard, aren't they? Yes. And it was like six years. Breaking up is hard to do. <laughs> Don't take your love. See, do you that's, know that not, that's not a Catholic tune. Me. If it was a Catholic tune, it would be even more you of a banger. You will burn in hell for breaking <laughs> up with me. Burn in hell for breaking up with me. Think about it every day. <laughs> okay, so the last time you felt guilt was a breakup. Yeah, I think when so. When was that? Like severe guilt. Severe guilt. Hmm. Uh, like two and a half years ago. When was the last time you felt mild guilt? Oh gosh, every day. No, <laughs> so you felt no remorse for stealing that tomato then? Now I do, and now I feel guilty. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. When was the last time you felt guilt? Seconds ago. <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> Mere seconds ago. Last time you felt moderate guilt. Moderate guilt. I don't know, doesn't every isn't that part of like the 
everyday <laughs> spectrum of emotions that you feel? Moderate guilt. Yeah. Yeah, so it should be every day. So you should be able to tell us when. Probably when I see like homeless people on the streets. Oh, that's guilty. a good one. So yeah. if someone is homeless, but like it's clearly obvious they're a big fan of drugs. What do you do and what's the right thing to do from an ethical standpoint? Go. <laughs> I can't comment on what, I guess, the ethical standpoint is. Yeah, you can. You're an ethics expert. <laughs> it's on your business card. <laughs> ethics expert. It's really hard to say for people with a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> ethics expert. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's a personal decision, isn't it? You just feel guilty and walk past Just them. tell me what the right thing to do is, <laughs> Sophia. I don't know. So is with with regards to ethics then, to kind of take the spotlight off you ever so slightly, is, is, Essex, <laughs> e- is Essex, Essex, Jesus Essex. Christ. Oh, if she was from Essex, that'd be <laughs> totally different, yeah. I'm an Essex ethical expert. <laughs> wow, say that three times. You've done very well there. Thank you very much. Ethics. Is it a sliding scale? Ethics or ethics? Ethics, E-T-H-I-C-S. So could the ethical solution to a various, uh, to a specific situation change? Probably. I mean, situations change every day. You know, there's, I guess nothing really stays the same. I don't know. There's, I don't think, like, there are so many things to evaluate in an, in, an ethical situation. And so I suppose we can take that back to the to the genome thing. If a decision is made now based on the findings of the study, could that be readdressed in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and the findings be completely different? Yeah, I think so, because societal norms will change. Cultural norms will change. Because my six foot six, 200 pound baby <laughs> is going to be, be kicking norm. everyone's yeah, ass. That's the thing. You never yeah. know. Like in, in He's won 50 the Olympics years, in every sport. Everyone might be genome edited. You know, you don't, we don't know. So. And do you think that there are human beings walking around this planet that have had their genomes edited? Not through human reproduction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where do you stand on steroids? Steroids are naughty. No. (laughs) (laughs) For, I guess, for like abusing, abusing steroids is never a good thing. It's not good for your health. Um, But obviously, steroids are huge and medical. Like, you know, I was going to say, a steroid has this naughty look to it. But it's an amazing medical invention. Yeah. Yeah. It's a medical resource. Yeah. So, again, I suppose the same ethical question comes into place. A good example is Lionel Messi arguably the best footballer in the world. Human growth hormones. Human growth hormones yep. for a critical part of his formative years. Do you know you what? should have. I know. Yeah. I'd be a super mom. No, I'm a good, A good friend of mine um, be had... a super mom. <laughs> for a point for that. <laughs> she, she, she said she'd be a supermodel. Oh, did she say Russell that? Crane told All me she that. said is she's shit. missing the height. Yeah, Russell Crane told me the only reason that you're short is because if you're Russell tall... Russell Kane. Crane. Oh, right. I know Russell Crane. Well... Two two gentlemen once told me that the only reason I'm short. Russell Crane is not a gentleman. <laughs> Saggy was in there too. <laughs> okay, go on. That, uh, oh, go yeah, on, go ahead. No, uh, no. What I was going to say was a really good friend of mine had a what many would consider to be a, an excellent rugby career. Played uh, about 250 games in Championship and National One. Had a contract with a Premiership club for a while, but was somewhere in between a second row and a back row, that kind of build. Mm. And he said his biggest regret 
was not taking HGH when he was a teenager. Yeah. He reckons he'd have kicked it by the time he was a pro, but that would have just given him that boost where he'd have either got maybe the additional growth spurt to be a lock forward or been stronger to to have fitted into that back row dynamic. And, you know, he'd look, he's got a great life and he's a, he's a really good guy and, you know, everything's wonderful and he's achieved far more in sport than a huge, huge number of people who've dedicated their lives to it. But that plays on his brain. That's interesting. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Would you take it, if you could, HGH from the age of 8 to 16? Like if I could and go what, back. Yeah, and what difference would it have made to your life if you had of no, well, she can't think. answer that question. <laughs> well, no, I, so I don't. I know you two. I know you two know each other through sport. But yeah. what was your kind of sporting evolution? Would it have? Would you have achieved more in sport if you had have done? Probably. I don't know. You never. I probably would have. Yeah, but I mean, I only really have ever done sport on a recreational level. Okay, so yeah, pro sports was never. Yeah, well, surely never. you would have. T- surely, given the option. Yeah. You would take it anyway. If it has no negative detrimental physical effects. I probably effects, wouldn't have. And it, I don't and it, mind being short. No, I'm not talking about height or short uh-huh. or anything like that. Just, What's the downside? Well, I guess I don't know too much about human growth hormones. So I can't, I guess, comment on the scientific side of it. Okay. So I don't know the adverse effects. Yeah. But uh, back to the Lionel Messi question. Yeah. Which... It is a shadow or a question mark over him insofar as would he be the incredible player that he is today yeah. without HGH, which That's they spent 50 grand a month on pumping into him. Man, Barcelona. just And it worked for them financially. It created the best player in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's glad it's not a visual podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it worked. For they made their money back on that, obviously, <laughs> and then some. But again, it's nice grey, shadowy, shadowy ethical area because all it takes is one doctor to go, oh, I think your kid definitely needs medically some HGH. <laughs> you know, I know I'll be pumping it into my son. <laughs> <laughs> He'll already have a six yeah. pack. <laughs> yeah. Here's an interesting ethical one. Then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name him because he gets enough advertising and he does he does well enough as it is. But they is a bodybuilder that I know of, and there were probably lots of them doing this, but he has got a YouTube channel and a podcast and all these things, and he's got thousands of subscribers, tens of thousands who pay monthly, and he tells people and instructs people how to safely and correctly use steroids and other performance enhancers down from how to apply them where to inject what needles to use now where do you sit both of you on that ethically because obviously it's wrong and you're doing damage to yourself but he's sort of giving something by saying right you can do it safely this way but what damage are you doing in what to yourself yeah well if if steroids they can damage your heart give yeah. you small balls <laughs> give there's you small so, there's balls there's so many adverse effects of steroids yeah steroid is such a generic cute we've gone down a rabbit yeah, hole yeah we have steroid I is know, such we're, a huge we're just generic in a circle again aren't we term you know I guess in terms like of medically image enhancing drugs yeah 
yeah. and physical performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Well, have you seen Icarus? Have you watched Icarus either of you? Oh, I haven't. Worth a look. Yeah. Not, Let's not discuss it because neither of you have seen it. I will know, but I have I have had a conversation with with Frankie Andreu. Okay, give yourself a point. <laughs> Unnecessary. No mm. need for it. But he is the main man other than Lance Armstrong in Icarus. Yeah, give yourself a point. Humble brag. Right. Yeah, okay. No need. Thank you, Sophie. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take You haven't a, even watched the movie, but you were prepared to drop his name. <laughs> uh, all right. See what I'm dealing with here. Mm. Okay. Go on. Tell us about your little story. Frankie Andreo and you held no. hands with him or something. No, no. no? That's exactly the image I had in my mind. <laughs> so Frank, Frankie Andreo and I went for a walk holding hands. No, we didn't. He gave me some um, steroids. <laughs> uh, no, we... Uh, I thought I'm probably never ever going to meet you again and we are about to work together so you can't just storm off yeah. uh, and I asked him about it and he was as as frank as you like he said we nice he was as frank <laughs> he was, yeah, <laughs> Dave come on you're better than that um, but he he said yeah we were all doing it and that's how I justified it to myself we were all doing it and then my wife found out and she asked me about it and that's when the light went off mm. And isn't it amazing? Sometimes you can be so focused on something and you can convince yourself you're doing the right thing, but all of a sudden somebody from outside shines some light on it. Well, we've tied that back into Sophia's report on societal norms will change, which will require an adjust in perception and adjust in analysis where the Nuffield Health Independent Body will come back in and they will be the light that shines <laughs> upon you and says... You're wrong. <laughs> right. Stop putting drugs in your ass. <laughs> Stop killing baby Hitler. Stop poisoning babies. We're going to have to wrap this at some point. but it, I thought that was a nice little way to come back and wrap it. Yeah, can, yeah. but is there anything um, that you have not studied yet that you'd love to? Is there anything that really fascinates you? Yeah, like perfectly on that topic, like sports science ethics. Okay. Yeah. Give us more than that, than a three word well, answer. Well, all the questions that we just kind of talked about and like yeah. evaluating those further, like looking at, I guess, you know, doping in sport, how, you know, when people consider it normal mm. and then why. And, and the justification, and how people can justify it. Because essentially the messy thing is doping in sport. Yeah. And what level does it go down to? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there is an epidemic of steroids and cocaine mm. in Welsh club rugby. I've heard that in all, like, um, I haven't heard the cocaine part, but, like, in terms of, like, younger people using steroids or, like, not using doping for sport, but, like, going to the gym and saying, oh, my God, I want to look like that guy mm. and getting it, like, through, you know, back alley way. Mm -hmm. Obviously, can't confirm, but I've heard. Yeah, it's all allegedly, all isn't it? But it would be interesting that, for that research to take place. Yeah. You know, like someone needs to do that and someone needs to get like a good idea of what's And to what on. extent it is for people pursuing a professional career. And or like for you performance, said, performance, yeah, or image enhancing. Image you know? enhancement or people simply wanting, knowing they're not going to make the next level, but yeah. they want to be the best version of them they can be. Exactly. Do people know it's harmful or do they just see that, oh my God, I have like incredible body now yeah and i tell Maybe you the big question for me is it's particularly pertinent to sports in terms of the bands mm. so justin gatlin mm. loves steroids big fan <laughs> rattles them eats them like skittles he gets a ban can come back and win an olympic medal the effects the positive effects that he's had in his body from taking the steroids last his life if he took them during his formative years 
that's an issue. See, that's that's another ethical issue that would be really great to explore. And no. then the the question then is, you do you punish a teenager who's made a mistake? Yeah. Where's the line? How do you give them a chances? Because let's be honest, if you took performance enhancing drugs during your formative years when everything's kicking off and the body needs all the nutrients it can get when it's developing all your muscle fibers and fascias to the best of its ability, you take them during that period, you're going to have that for life. Mm. If you weren't doing the splits when you were 12 years old, it's going to be really hard to learn the splits at the age of 30. Yeah. Whereas if you could do it when you're 12, it's with you for life. That's like a lot of that stuff. Struggling to do the splits at 30. Mm. So <laughs> there's a real whole ethical bowl of fish to be opened yeah, there. I absolutely. believe that's the phrase, the bowl of fish. And yeah, that's, that's it. Which is to, because you're at your most vulnerable in terms of making mistakes, but you're also at with the most potential for growth. So do we give lifetime bans out to everyone? Is there a certain set period? Do you have a different race for the people who have steroids in them and a race for the clean athletes? Oh, that'd be great. Steroid race would be class, wouldn't it? Let's do the 100 meters in four seconds. But then you'd get the thing where sport is entertainment, so people would probably tune into the steroid race to see the freaks. Well, there's another thing is, do you, there's a a mixed martial arts, Mm. there's a mixed martial arts, what's the word I'm looking for? Company. Promotion. That's the word. The mixed martial arts, uh, mixed martial arts promotion called Pride, who actively write in their fighters' contracts, "We do not test you for steroids." Really? Because what they want is they want the freaks, they want the big shows, they want the monsters, they want the physical, mm. looking like physical perfection, Marvel Avengers characters <laughs> beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, and that's entertainment. So, oh my God, we've opened the whole Pandora. I tell you what, the world of ethics. Tell you what, Sophia, it's fascinating. Promise us you'll come back and do a whole one on sports because yeah. I feel as though we've got a lot that we can talk about here. Let's do it. That would be cool. Let's put you to some research. And yeah, you come back and my we'll... colleague Kate, she's she's a girl you probably want to talk to. You can grab her on. Nah, yeah. I'll, come. <laughs> I'll just get the info from her. Yeah, just I'll... get paid by <laughs> Nuffield to come yeah. back instead. <laughs> just do it as a professional thing. <laughs> I think we can safely say that was enlightening. Yeah, really enjoyed that. And a wonderful way to spend a Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Miss Sophia Griffiths. (laughs) (laughs) International (laughs) Cockerball. International (laughs) 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 (laugh